Hey, hey, are you in sales and you want to know how to smash that glass ceiling? Do you want to make more money than you ever thought was possible? You're in the right place. My name's Sandra Carter. I've been in commercial real estate for over two decades and I know how to sell. I'm going to teach you the habits, the formulas, the tips, the tricks and the tools that you will need to be a superstar salesperson in whatever field you're in. So sit back, relax, tune in and listen to my podcast, Million Dollar Agent, and let's smash some glass ceilings together. This episode is brought to you by M2 Moringa. Hey, hey, Million Dollar Agents, it's Sandra again. Welcome to episode 15. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the seven things bad agents do. Now, we usually talk about what you need to do and what you should do and the habits you should have, but it's probably easier if we work back the other way and just talk about the things that you shouldn't do, like the key things that bad agents do. So you can focus on that and just not do these things. So number one, the thing that they do the most that I think is probably the biggest issue for a lot of people when you're dealing with salespeople, whether it's an agent, real estate agent, or whether it's just a salesperson when you go into, say, the good guys and you want to buy a dishwasher, is they don't tell you the truth. Like dishonesty comes in lots of shapes and sizes. And if you don't know something and you make it up, that's not telling the truth. That's being dishonest. Or if you tell them something that is absolutely not true and you know it's not true, that is just outright lying. You don't lie to your clients. The The best way to manage something if you don't know, don't make it up. I've said this before. Do not make stuff up. You need to tell the truth. You need to let that client know you don't know the answer and not just say something for the sake of saying and just tell them that you'll get back to them. You're not sure. It's a good question. Not really sure of the answer, but I will come back to you on that one. So they'll respect you for that because you haven't just gone on some verbal spiel about the product and people can tell when you're lying too because you tend to look up into the corner of your eye like you're trying to search your brain for something to say and that's clearly an indication that you're you don't know because you're looking for it in your head and people will lose faith in you and they won't trust you now some agents unfortunately fall into the pattern of making up rubbish and talking shit and they just end up working out that you know if they say what the client wants to hear if they tell them what they want to know and it's whether it's true or not they'll get the deal done so they form this habitual routine of making stuff up to close the deal but it always bites you and you'll never get a good review because whatever you've told them is not true you'll never get a referral because they've had a bad experience so don't make stuff up. Tell the truth. And, you know, if you're trying to sell something and you haven't disclosed something, that's the other form of lying. You need to tell them what you know. And it's actually under the code of ethics, you have to be off a full disclosure. For instance, if you're a residential agent and somebody's died in the house and you know that, you have to tell the buyers that. Now, residential is, uh, that's probably more likely to happen. It does happen in commercial too. There was a fellow that was squashed by a forklift, pretty unpleasant. But we had to tell the, the future tenants that this had happened because some people are superstitious and some people have religious beliefs about things like this. And you have to make sure that you are open about it because if they find out later, man, is that going to bite you on the backside? So you need to be fully transparent. You need to only tell people things that are absolutely true. And you have to be 
a good, honest salesperson to be super successful and to have longevity because one small lie, it takes probably five lies to cover one lie. So if you've told them something about something that's not true, you're going to have to remember it, first of all. And lying is a personal pathological hate of mine. I can't stand people that lie. And it's a swipe left deal breaker for me if anybody lies to me. So if you're doing it to your clients, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel the same as me. You need to be able to trust your salesperson. You need to be able to trust your agent that they're going to tell you the absolute truth, good or bad, black or blue, whatever it may be, you need to be honest. And that's just really a no-brainer, isn't it, if you think about it? Nobody wants to make a decision based on something that's untrue. So, uh, yeah, but you'd be surprised about the number of um, salespeople that will just tell you what you want to hear to do that deal. Get the deal done, get on with the next one. Doesn't matter what mess you leave behind you, but it does. It's a small pool we're swimming in people, especially in commercial real estate. Very tiny pool. You're dealing with the same people over and over again. And the market's tiny. People are talking. Social media has brought everything closer together. So if you do something bad, you lie to somebody to get the deal done, then they're going to put it on Facebook and everyone's going to see it. It's going to be a Google review and it's going to be a one star and your name's going to be next to it. So it's bad juju. Don't do it. But I think I've made myself clear. Anyway, that's that's it. Don't lie. Number one pet hate. So what else do bad agents do? They are arrogant. A bad agent is an arrogant agent and humility goes a long way. People always remember the way you make them feel. Now, if you are strutting around and you think you're better than the client and you're looking down your nose at them and you have some air of arrogance to you, like you're God's gift to the sales planet, you're going to instantly turn people off. You know, yes, agents have made a lot of money in this market. In the in the last two years in in property, there's agents that have made a lot of money and that's all well and good. But don't wear it on the outside. Be proud of yourself, move on, and never forget that you're only as good as your last deal. So you should be humble and helpful and be providing a service and not kind of thumbing your nose at the clients going, oh, I don't need your business anyway. I mean, there's a big difference between being arrogant and being carefree. And I've said this in a previous podcast that I go into an inspection and I'm like relaxed and friendly and take it or leave it. But at no point would I be arrogant. If I meet an arrogant salesperson, regardless of what I'm buying, whether it's a car or a dishwasher or uh, a property, I'm out. Deal's over. Game over. Sorry, you've lost me. Now, I might be hypersensitive to it because of the industry I work in and there's a lot of big egos in this industry. But, you know, I have seen the days of the hard sell and I've seen the days of the soft sell and it's all different now. People don't want either hard sell, soft sell. What they want is relationships with their salespeople. They want to feel like they've made connections because funny thing about social media, the more contacts that you have, the less connected you feel because the audience is so wide, it's almost untouchable. So people are looking for a change now and they don't, like the hard sell is definitely gone. So if you've made a lot of money, 
and you're feeling really good about yourself, that's fine, good for you. But leave the Ferrari in the garage and take the Ford Ranger to the inspections, to the meeting. And I mean that both literally and metaphorically. You need to be humble and be of service to your clients, not treat them as though they should be lucky they're dealing with you. Don't do that. Bad, bad idea. Okay, so number three, they're making assumptions. A bad salesperson makes an assumption about somebody when they meet them. Now, what does this look like? It's the old cliche of judging a book by its cover. If you have somebody turn up and, for instance, they might be driving around in a Range Rover Sport and you, they get out of the car and you've made an assumption that they're, they've got loads of money and, you know, you treat them better than you've treated somebody else because you think you're going to get the deal done. You're making an assumption because some people, it's the Gold Coast people, and I call it the $1,000 millionaire. Everybody's got all the gear and no idea. So never judge. Some of my biggest clients, and one of them in particular, he's passed on now, lovely man, He used to turn up to our meetings with no shoes on. This fellow had more money than God himself and loads and loads of property and drove around in an old ute and did all the maintenance himself. Some of you may know who this person is, so I'm not going to actually say his name, but, you know, he didn't need all the flash stuff, but he was seriously wealthy. And so that's the problem. If you start judging people when you meet them and you make an assumption about them, you will treat them in a certain kind of way and you don't want to do that. You have to really do your research with clients, particularly with tenants. You know, they might turn up and even if they're young, you need to give them a crack because you just don't know what is behind the scenes and what's the background of somebody until you dig a bit deeper. Don't judge a book by its cover ever because you you could be seriously wrong. People are inconspicuous, especially I find the wealthier ones are the more inconspicuous. So, yeah, it's just be really careful that you don't write somebody off because you've made an assumption about them or you've actually turned on the bells and whistles because you've made an assumption about them and you could be wasting your time with a tire kicker. There's a lot of that too. Really do your homework, research them, find out their background, Google stalk them, do whatever you have to do. But, yeah, don't judge when you first meet because that's just – sales suicide doing that. It's You really need to do homework. So number four, salespeople, bad salespeople, use the same script for everybody. They don't adapt. They don't ask questions. They don't find out what the client's needs are. They're just, they want to talk. They want to get rid of their 10,000 words. Now, my husband loves that I podcast because I can dump 10,000 words, maybe 20,000 words in a podcast, and it saves him from listening to me because I like to talk. I don't really like the sound of my own voice though. I'm getting used to it. But what you need to do is turn off the script in your head. When your mouth opens and you meet the client again or you're on the phone and you're saying the same thing again and you're just, you know what you're talking about and you've got a particular thing in your head and you're just like downloading onto these people, you need to stop, listen and start asking questions. You need to treat each tenant, client, prospect differently. You need to find out what their needs are. And that's the best way to create the relationship because you're listening to them. Most salespeople don't listen. They just talk. They want to tell you everything they know about a particular thing. But you know what? That might not suit every client. You might have a client that needs 
So in commercial, you might need a grease trap and they might need a particular zoning and you've just gone on and on and on and on about what you know about the position, where it is located, how many car parks it's got. But you haven't found out that they need a grease trap and if you'd gone back to the owner or the landlord and said, hey, they, they're suitable, they like the property, but they need a grease trap, can we put one in? And there was a problem that could have been solved there because the landlord knows you can, then, yeah, you would have had the deal done. Also, when you take a phone call from somebody and you need to find out what their agenda is, I mean, you wouldn't be telling a tenant that rental rates are going up, but you'd certainly be telling investors that. So if you've got an investor on the phone you're talking to them, you'd be telling them, hey, did you know most rentals, they increase by CPI, which means when inflation goes up, the rental rates go up. We've also got a lot of demand from tenants. Now, you don't tell the tenant those things. You need to adapt and change. So yeah, it's really important that you do not use the same script for every client. So mistake number five that salespeople make, they don't specialize They jump all over the place doing all sorts of different things and they're chasing rhinos. Now, what does that mean? They want the big deals and they don't care whether it's residential or they don't care whether it's commercial or whether it's industrial or whether it's uh, land or whatever. They're just anywhere all over town doing all different things. And what that does is long-term you don't, you're not a specialist of anything. You're a jack of all trades. And, you know, you might have hit some goals, but you're not front of mind when somebody's thinking about doing something. So if you want to do industrial, focus on industrial. If you want to do retail, focus on retail and get really, really good at it and stick to the one thing. If you want to sell cars, stick to one brand. You don't want to be the sleazy car salesman on the corner that's got every secondhand car known to man in his yard. Because if somebody's got in the front of their mind, I want to buy a Mercedes, they're not coming to you. They're going to the guy that specializes in Mercedes. It's probably a bad analogy, but you know what I mean. You need to specialize. You don't want to be chasing rhinos, the big deals all the time. It's nice to have one in your basket, but a basket full of small fish is way sweeter if it's full because it does, it means that you're more resilient to things falling over. You've got lots of plates spinning and it won't matter if one falls over. If you've got a rhino in your basket and nothing else because you've been chasing rhinos and that deal falls over, you are devastated and back to square one. So that's probably a topic for another podcast anyway, don't chase the rhinos. Mistake number six, they don't invest in themselves and they don't evolve. So this is thinking that you're really, really good at what you do and not educating yourself and not growing and not learning. Learning is earning. So keep reading, keep listening, keep following, find a mentor, make sure that you're improving yourself, you're investing in yourself. And, you know, it's there's things you can do that improve yourself all the time, whether it's you know, you do a deal and you get some money and you might upgrade your wardrobe, upgrade your shoes. I mean, everyone's, you know, you're not going to be dressed in a Pierre Cardin suit from the get-go. But when you get to the point where you can afford one, go and invest in yourself because you're going to feel good. Get a really great pair of shoes. I have a pair of shoes I love. I call them my lucky shoes. When I'm going to do a deal, I put these shoes on, feel like a million bucks. So you just have to make sure you're investing in yourself, looking after yourself. 
But really, the biggest thing is keep learning because there's always something to know that you don't know. You don't know everything. Don't get stuck in a holding pattern where you just think you know it all. You've learned your product. You're going around and around in circles because there's, I mean, technology is moving so fast. There's always ways to do things better. I'm using some systems at the moment that weren't even thought of 12 months ago. I love listening to people and finding out how they do things better than me and taking that on and, and learning new new things. I love listening to podcasts with people that have different ideas and it just, I find it very inspiring and I find it really motivating. So do that, keep improving. Do not be one of those bad agents that does not evolve. You need to evolve. Now, the final thing that the bad agents do is they don't have a spark. They don't have a sparkle in their eyes and a pep in their step. And I've spoken about this before. Do not be an Eeyore. Now, what's an Eeyore? It's where you're walking around and it's all doom and gloom and you're worrying about all the external factors such as, oh, interest rates have gone up and inflation's going up and da da da. And I tell people stop watching the news because you can't control those external factors. You can only control yourself. And if you're an E or doom and gloom with a little cloud over your head, people are just going to be turned off by that. They don't want to deal with somebody who makes them feel down. So you want to be the person that when you answer the phone, you've got a smile on your face because people can feel that through the phone without a word of a lie. It works. And crack a joke and they'll say, I like you. And you want to be the person that they like, because if they like you, they're going to do business with you. So the bad agent or the bad salesperson is the person that's the miserable downer with the no spark about them at all. They don't have a sparkle in their eye. So really important, have a pep in your step and do not be Eeyore. Oh, sorry, I forgot. There's actually one more, one more thing that makes an agent a bad agent. And this is actually probably the biggest thing. Now, it's what I call messing in your own nest. This is when you do a deal for the sake of a deal and you don't think of the bigger picture. So you've pushed the deal through, you know the price is too low, you know that it's not a great deal, but you wanted to get the deal done. You wanted the result. But big picture stuff is you've actually messed up the market. So now you've set a precedent in your market. So that price is now set in stone because of your actions, and you haven't thought about the other clients in that market. So for example, if you're in commercial real estate and you go and take a property through the auction process and you've convinced them to set a particular reserve, but you know the market is actually better than that and you haven't bothered to try and get an offer or get a deal or set the reserve that's at least at the market rate and you've let the property go through and the property is sold under value not only have you buggered up the sale for the vendor, and don't forget, we work for the vendor. We don't work for the buyer. We work for the vendor. You have buggered up the other properties in that area too, because the valuers are going to have an absolute field day. So if you do this for the sake of the result, and you haven't got the absolute best price for your vendor, knowing that the market's better than what you've told them, you are a bad agent. So yeah, if you do that, it's might be good for short-term results for yourself, but long-term people will learn to stay clear of you and you'll get a really bad reputation. So there's certain agencies in the area 
that like to put the properties through for the result without thinking of the bigger picture. And really, they're doing their vendors a disservice because, you know, they're underselling the property just so that they can make some commission. Really bad idea. So that's about it. Let's do a little recap. What are the eight things bad salespeople do? Well, they don't tell the truth. They make things up as they go just to get the deal done. They're arrogant. Their egos are way bigger than they should be. And they look down their noses at people and they treat people badly. They make assumptions about clients. They assume that the way that they're dressed is an absolute reflection of the type of client they're going to be. They use the same script for every client and they don't listen to that client and they're not actually letting them get a word in edgewise because they're too busy downloading 10,000 words. Uh, They don't specialize in a particular sector of their industry. So they're chasing rhinos and they're all over the place. And long term, this is career suicide. Do not do this. Uh, They don't evolve. They don't read. They're not educating themselves and they're not improving their systems so that they're staying ahead of technology and actually making them uh, making themselves better. Uh, number seven was they don't have a spark. Hello, people. You want to have a spark, a sparkle in your eye, and you want to be on your toes and enthusiastic and don't ever, ever, ever be an Eeyore, please. And the final one is don't do a deal for the sake of doing a deal just to get the result. Clearly, we want to get results for our clients, but we want to get the right results for our clients. Don't be somebody that messes in the nest because you want to make sure that you haven't buggered up the market around you because that will kill your reputation so fast your head will spin. So that's it. That's a wrap for episode 15. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I would also really appreciate it if you could do me a solid favor and leave me a review and a rating. And yeah, I'll be your best friend forever. My name's Sandra Carter. I'm a commercial real estate agent and you can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram and Facebook under Sandra Carter Commercial Agent. Keep selling hard and don't be a bad agent, be a good agent and smash that glass ceiling. This episode was brought to you by M2 Moringa. Now this is a tea tonic that I have every single morning. I have it with lemon and hot water and it's so packed with vitamins that I've had to throw away all of my pills because I don't need them anymore. It has vitamin A, vitamin B1, B2, B3. It's got vitamin C, it's got calcium, it's got chromium, it's got copper, it's got iron, magnesium, it's got magnesium, it's got phosphorus, potassium, protein, and zinc. So yeah, that iron and the vitamin C combination, that means it's keeping away all the nasties. So get onto it now. I'll put the website in the show notes below. It's Moringa, M-O-R, I-N-G-A, the number two, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.